What up, people? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Max McCoy. How many of you, like me, sometimes feel like you don't get enough sun? You feel cooped up inside all day. Unfortunately, what's common in like day-to-day society is to be cooped up under artificial lights indoors all the time, and and being and spending time outside in the sunlight just isn't that normal. And you guys know if you follow the podcast, I'm all about optimizing ways we can you know, feed our minds and bodies so that we can be better at whatever we want to perform at and so we can be happier. And this podcast today coincides perfectly with this vibe because I'm joined by Matt Maruka. Matt is a light expert. He travels all around the world giving talks on light, sunlight in particular, and its effect on our health, cognitively and physically. So this episode is packed with Matt Maruka. He's also the founder of a company called Raw Optics, and they do uh, blue light blocker glasses. So Matt not only is giving speeches around the world on how we can better improve our health, he also is a founder of a company. And the crazy part is he's only 20 years old. He's been devoting the early part of his life to this topic. You'll hear in this podcast, it's action-packed with science. Matt is just a wealth of knowledge, and we hit it off. I love this guy. I think you guys will like this episode a lot. Before we get into it, um, there's going to be some changes. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw I changed my name there. Um, I'm changing the podcast name as well. I'm sorry to everybody who has grown really fond of the Mind Body Hoops name. I have absolutely loved it, and I hope you guys know that this brand name change is just that. It's just a brand name. It's just a name. It's just a small, not so significant change so that I can feel uh, that moving forward content-wise, I feel free to explore any topic I want while still continuing to challenge myself to bring everything back to you know, how can we be better at our performance and how can we be just happier people. And if you guys follow the podcast, if you follow me on Instagram, you know my vibe. That won't change. Uh, just a little name change coming. So look out for that. I want to thank everybody who supports the podcast, everybody who subscribes, leaves reviews, and then the people who take screenshots while they're listening and post it to Instagram. That's like my favorite thing because I get to actually hop on the DMs and message you guys directly and say thank you uh, and chat with you guys. So I appreciate everybody who follows the podcast. I really think we have a really cool community building here. And again, this podcast today is an epic one. Matt Maruka, founder of Raw Optics and the head of what he calls the light diet. I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I do. Uh, We go a little over an hour and it's all good shit. So enjoy. What is the light diet? What do you help people with? If you had to give me a brief synopsis, if I see you in an elevator... I'm like, what's up, Matt? You're really tan. You're uh, you're always posting about the light and, and the water. What is it that you help people with? That's a great idea. So basically, I would ask you, what's the difference between a living person and a dead person? <laughs> One's dead. <laughs> yeah. So basically, the living person has light in their cells, and the dead person, all the light has leaked out. So mm-hmm. light is life, basically, and life is light. Well, that's a cool way to put it. Yeah, it's really interesting. So how do you implement this into your day? Or what are the benefits? Because I know you've you got a lot of them. So what are some of the benefits that you have, uh, you've studied? So basically – Or give me a synopsis of what the light diet is first. Yeah, like this question might yeah. not even be good enough. So <laughs> what is the light no, diet? No, questions are – all questions are good. You know, I, I always try to think of interesting ways to answer to provoke thought. So the light diet is the first – diet in western mainstream dieting and so on that's focused on optimizing our engines in our cells the engines that run our body 
rather than on optimizing the fuel. So it's kind of like imagine a bunch of people talking about uh, cars and, and gas and engines and everything. That's what it's like when people are talking about what diet they're on, like what gas do you got? And then if you wanted to bring the conversation into like my realm, it's it's when people start talking, oh, like I have a Nissan. And then someone's like, I have a Porsche. And then someone's like, I have a Mercedes. Someone yeah. says, I have a Bugatti. That's, that's what the light diet, it's the first diet for the body that's focused on the engine and like the, the actual components of how the, the body functions rather than just on the fuel that's going in. Yeah. And just by that analogy, you can tell, you can see one is a lot more important when you're trying to get a car to go faster. Yeah. So it's the foundational aspect of a human rather than like maybe the, these, the trivial parts of a diet, like, uh, do you eat Brussels sprouts or asparagus? Like which kind of vitamins are you getting? Or like, no, is the whole machine working properly? So that, yeah, that, that's exactly. what you're trying to address. So how do we get this? Yeah. How do we get this machine working properly, my man? And if I have questions yeah. or anything, I'm going to interject. So I'm just going to warn you now. So, yeah. 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 Better one who's interviewing me interjects a lot. So basically to get our engine to work well, we need some first and foremost melatonin, our sleep hormone. Mm. So we basically need every evening after the sun goes down, we need blocking of blue light frequencies. So in other words, we don't wanna have a light around, we wanna have darkness. So, cause then when we have darkness, our brain naturally begins to create and release melatonin, mm. not create, but release and secrete melatonin. And then this makes us tired after a couple hours of darkness. Then we fall asleep, we sleep well. And the most important thing, the sleeping well, is the repair of these engines. They're functioning better because they're being repaired. Melatonin's like the master antioxidant, anti-aging molecule. But the key thing that goes along with that is we can't just have darkness in the evening after the sun goes down. We also have to have light exposure early in the morning when the sun comes up to signal this uh, biologic clock, which is also called the circadian rhythm. Circadian means approximately one day. That's like the Latin term mm, that I the scientists that. use. Yeah. yeah, it's just circa diez, approximately a day mm. in Latin. And it just basically, it, the reason they named it that is because they started to observe like over 100 years ago that all of our bodies have these rhythms that actually follow the length of a day, which implies that they're governed by the sun because that's what determines essentially the length of day, the earth's rotation mm. and so on. So the key thing though, not just darkness at night, cause people are gonna be like, what? I can't just live in a, in a cave at night. That's why I started a company and I sell blue blocking glasses. I mean, you know, my company aside, I was wearing the glasses before I started the company to make them look better. Yeah. But these blue blocking glasses, they allow you to exist in the modern world while blocking the frequencies in the, the, the wavelengths in the blue range of light from light bulbs, cell phones, screens and whatnot that disrupt our natural circadian rhythm, our yeah. clock and basically say at night it's day, wake up when you need to actually be getting tired and going to sleep. So it's like people say, look at your phone late at night, you'll disrupt your sleep. This is why, because those blue wavelengths basically say, wake up, it's the morning, and you don't want that. That's kind of the first step on tuning the engine. And as I've become aware of the lights, it's not even just the, like, everybody, I feel like everybody has some sense, I shouldn't be staring at my phone right before bed, but when you get really aware of this stuff, it's the phone, it's the TV, it's the laptop, but then it's also just the lighting in the house. For me, I've noticed, like, I'll yep. be, when I've started to really embrace the darkness at night to try to tell my body, okay, it's nighttime, I'll see even just the simplest light, like just completely shake me. And I'm like, Jesus, this is like, this is how most people live when the sun goes down at whatever seven o'clock, 
we're we're awake for four hours with light, and our bodies are so confused. So, uh, uh-huh. I, I would love for you to tell me like, what is uh what is the state of like how people are living now, and what kind of state they're in, and what kind of state does things like following the natural circadian rhythm and waking up earlier and getting more sun exposure and getting more darkness? What is that? What are the two differences between the two people? Like, I respect the science and I don't respect the science. That's a huge, that's an amazing question. First of all, I'll throw one tidbit in also. Throw a tidbit having, in there. <laughs> having late night, yeah, having light at night isn't just an issue, but eating late is also. Damn. There's a guy in San Diego named Sachin Panda. Yeah. He's Yeah, I know, it's tough. But it's there's a guy, me, the yeah. worst is eating late at night with light. But they're both really not optimal. But Sachin Panda, this researcher, and this is really great. Sachin Panda, the researcher down in San Diego, basically found, clearly showed that, and they did this with mice, so it was reversed, but when they fed mice food that was healthy when they weren't supposed to be eating, which for them is in the daytime because they're nocturnal, mm. and then they, they versus feeding them bad food when they were supposed to be eating, which is in the early evening because they're nocturnal. Um, again, they're supposed to be awake and eating at night, the food that they – the mice that ate the food at the wrong time of day, even though it was healthier food, had way more obesity, metabolic disorder, and all kinds of other disruption compared to the mice that ate the uh, the bad food at the right time of the day. Mm. They were way less bad off. They were healthier in other Whoa. words. So, so you're, you're worse off eating uh... – even if it's healthy, if you don't eat at the right time, it's worse for you than eating it's crap at the right time. Exactly. It'd be better, based on his research, to drink a Coke at sunrise or in the middle of the day when your body has sunlight and you can burn through it quickly than it would be to eat a salad at midnight, Whoa. for example. Which that's, people took. That's fascinating. Think yeah, it's really interesting. Or if you think salad's not healthy because some people are carnivores, they think you know steak's the healthiest thing, it's worse than eating a steak at midnight. Yeah. It's or better drink a coke in the middle of the day based on the research and again it makes sense when you consider the engine because without the engine you have no context mm. on food mm. like all food has to be processed by our engines and if your engine is supposed to be off and all of your body is telling your engines to turn off at midnight and then you eat a bunch of food is it going to be worse for you that you ate that bunch of healthy food when your engines are trying to turn off or that you had bad food when your engines are crushing it so is and this it, is why, is it when this this is weight gain because people are eating late it's huge is it when so what is late is it when the sun goes down i would say late is anything within yeah anything after sunset is definitely late but actually uh, so i've been working with a doctor who i met in bali he's an ayurvedic doctor ayurveda do you know it's like the ancient indian for people who don't it's ancient indian wisdom sort of like traditional chinese medicine Mm -hmm. that they tested for thousands of years and people might think it's woo woo but just because a lot of what I've learned, which we'll get into, actually coincides really nicely with this Ayurveda, the, a lot of this Western science stuff that's coming out now, it coincides nicely. When I met this doctor in the water surfing in Bali, and he, he told me he's a raw vegan, which again, by the standards that I've learned about, isn't a very healthy diet from what I've been learning the last few years, but he was the most fit and mentally clear and uh, strong guy I've ever seen. I was like, okay, there's something I don't know, you know, yeah. I, I, there's something, yeah. something, but because of the engine context, it actually could explain, it can explain a lot better why someone can thrive on a raw vegan diet 
whereas like the the standard paleo diet context or carnivore diet context by all their explanations this he should be a sick sick person but he's crushing it he's in his 40s and he's crushing it yeah. and it doesn't look like he's getting worse off he's only getting better it seems anyhow so um that's sort of that's sort of a little t- touch on it so to to touch on your question about you know what's the difference basically one person one person who's in the sun in the morning you know from the moment the light hits the eye or even before that you could say uh going back to the evening when you go to bed if you have darkness then your body's going to naturally secrete melatonin more at the right time so you're going to fall asleep earlier naturally and be tired so you're going to be getting a better start on the next day by going to sleep earlier some some people and studies say that getting each hour of sleep before midnight is more like two hours of sleep that's again a vague example but it's the point that it's making is that getting to sleep earlier is really important if you go to sleep past 10 the body can't regenerate your nervous system fully um so this isn't is no bueno how do you know that how is that proven because isn't there uh like chronotypes of like when certain people and certain bodies and everybody you know there's there's what I've heard, there's science to say that there's different chronotypes. So I'd love to hear your perspective. Like there's a there's an early totally. bird that maybe can fall asleep at eight thirty uh-uh. and wake up early, and then there's the the night owl whose natural circadian rhythm. This no, is what I've heard. Natural- <laughs> is, yeah, no, night owl is just a I would say a messed up day owl. Basically, there's no night owl actually. Like the re- so this is interesting. Humans are diurnal. We're not nocturnal. So we're designed to be awake during the day. So we evolved to be awake and functioning during the day. And you can see this because our normal circadian rhythm, if you look, if someone Googles circadian rhythm of humans, it shows you a clock, like a timing. When you wake up, a, or a little bit before waking up, we have spike a spike in cortisol. Actually, before we even get up, we have our lowest body temperature around 4 a.m. Then we wake up, we have spike in cortisol that wakes us up. And then throughout the day, we have, for example, um, different organs are most active at certain times and different processes in our body are active at certain times that correspond with that. Like in the afternoon, 4 p.m., we have the highest amount of mu- uh, protein synthesis, which is why some evidence indicates that it's best to exercise in the afternoon. That's like the optimal time. If you're following the circadian rhythm, doesn't mean you have to, but if you want the, the maximal protein synthesis, um, for example, first thing when we wake up in the morning, we should have natural peristalsis, meaning like our gut basically eliminates. We have that gastrocolic reflex to basically take a dump yep. and eliminate any waste from the previous day. So like all of these things are designed to be timed and the largest being like our cortisol melatonin cycle, meaning like waking up and then going to sleep. So if some, and we evolved like this um, under the power of light, sunlight, sunlight, we're required to be awake during the day to get UVB in the middle of the day, particularly in the summer to make vitamin D and a lot of other hormones that we need basically like from the moment the sun rises and then when UVA light becomes present, that first 30 minutes of sun triggers the secretion of a lot of really important hormones, whether or not it's cloudy out. I, it's more effective if, if it's not, but it still happens if it's cloudy. But so if someone sleeps until let's say eight or nine or 10, they're basically missing the signal for the production of key hormones every single day. Whoa. So I can just say pretty, pretty factually based on the evidence of how our hormones are created by light. Yeah. If someone, if the person who you asked about who doesn't get up in the morning naturally early is basically missing the stimulus for the secretion of proper hormones every single day. And, it, and so over time, 
you can only imagine how much lower quality of a life that person and me included for so many years of my life would be living compared to if we changed it up. And quality meaning like energetic wise, happiness wise, but it makes intuitive sense to me because, uh, you know, just like I'm all about trying to live as like more natural as possible. And I feel like the biohacking community is just all about like finding ways, like you said, in the modern world to kind of reverse engineer, like how we used to live before technology. So like if we wear blue blockers, we're tricking our brain into thinking there's not lights out when, because we were like, we've, we've evolved to not see light. And this makes intuitive sense to me because uh, if I think you posted it or, or your company did on raw optics, I don't know who, but it said basically yeah. go camping for five days and you have the ultimate circadian rhythm reset. And yeah, I'm like, dude, true. this is so I, true. Go camping for a week. Like I, I've done this and, and try not to go to bed like two hours after the sun goes down. Like there's not too much to do once it's, pitch black and you can't see shit there's a fire you sit around the fire you hang out with your homies and And you you get get tired you get pretty tired and then you go to bed have blue light unless you're one of the glampers you know glamorous campers who brings like porches and stuff and rv and then you're waking up if you're there long enough you know the first two days maybe you're sleeping in a little bit but once you get acclimated you're waking up kind of when the sun comes up because you know the light coming in it's hard to sleep yeah <laughs> it's, it's hard, hard to sleep and it's bright it's and because the light comes through your eye even when your eyelids are shut yeah so it's all about finding out. you're all about helping people find ways to kind of implement that natural way of living into now absolutely so it's like i know that because of the limitations placed on me but because of my mother's lifestyle and my grandmother's lifestyle and you know the the things i've been exposed to growing up i won't necessarily be able to rival the potential of physical and mental function that someone could have 500 or a thousand or 10, 20, 30,000 years ago as like a wild human. However, I do know from what I've gathered that by making these improvements, it's pretty much largely incremental or even, um, one of my mentors says this is all non-linear, which means you might get a little bit more sun, but non-linear means that that little bit of change can actually have a much bigger impact than the, than the input. Mm. Not, it's not linear. It's not like one plus one equals two. It's like you might get one plus one and you get 11. Dude, well, I love that. I'm going to interject because I'm huge on ripple effects. And if you do one little thing different, I love that because that just triggered something in me. And like if you get a little more light and you have a little more energy and you want to reach for something healthier exactly. and then you want to go exercise, that, exactly. that 30 minutes in the sun has Dude. ripple effects. But that's how it works because the sun naturally, especially in the early morning hours from sunrise for the first, depending on where you are on earth, the first 15 minutes, 30 minutes, hour, two hours of light. Again, when you're in like a tropical sunny place or in the summer, this effect from sunrise to the first appearance of UVA light happens within – 15 20 30 minutes in the summer in the winter it takes longer which is why it's in the winter it's even sort of more important to, to get outside even though it's colder and less uh appealing let's say in a lot of places in la it's not nearly as much of an issue uh, than like northeast for example yeah. um but yeah but but that really like for example one of the hormones we make from sunlight is dopamine or it's a neurotransmitter but uh, I, was, I did a podcast this morning. It was really all epic, and we'll, I'll reiterate the really important stuff as as your questions tailor to it. But one of the coolest things about light is that 
when we're, I, I just started really understanding this after talking with the researcher in Germany, who's one of the leading experts and just starting to try to put more and more pieces together. Cause people would ask me like, when you sit in the sun, what's actually happening? And I would like read all these studies or articles and whatnot about what the sun does, but I couldn't put it together. But literally like when we lay in the sun, it's like eating food. It's literally, it's not exactly giving you nutrition directly, but the frequencies that we absorb, and actually in some ways it is like eating food directly, but, and I'll explain how, but first of all, the frequencies that we take in via primarily our eyes. So this is why it's really important not to wear contacts, lenses, sunglasses in particular, or even glasses when you're outside, you want to put, if you have to wear, uh, you know, corrective lenses, wear, you know, glasses and take them off when you go outside in the morning in particular in the sun, let the light hit the eyes and everything. Uh, You don't have to stare directly at it, except the first 30 minutes you can, and that has all kinds of benefits. People can Google search sun gazing health benefits, and they can read about what like, uh, you know, ancient Ayurvedic people knew about the benefits of this. But basically when that light comes in and goes into our bloodstream via our eye, all of the blood in the body passes through the eyes within two hours, every two hours. So all of, if you're outside, all of your blood is being irradiated with the full spectrum of sunlight every two hours just by you being outside. And the light that we absorb through our eye, including ultraviolet light, uh, and there's a fallacy in, in ophthalmology and, and optometry that says that UV light doesn't come through the eye, which isn't true. And I can explain why later if you're curious. But, but basically, that goes into our blood, which is where we have all of the food we eat you know, like it's all broken down, goes through our gut, and then it's in our bloodstream. And, you know, all of our hormones are in our bloodstream. All of everything's basically being moved through through, uh, through the bloodstream. So this UV light, what it does is it actually causes these molecules um, like tryptophan, amino acids that we break down from our food, and they're in our bloodstream. Tryptophan and tyrosine. Tyrosine is broken apart, again, with that And what do these chemicals do? Note for me. So Tyrosine is just a basic amino acid that we break down from our foods. It's one of the essential amino acids. But when it's broken apart by sunlight, its bonds are broken from sunlight, then and only then can it be converted into, for example, dopamine, which is drives better decision making. So literally what you're saying, and you get more sunlight. Man. And happiness and contentness and also trend and pattern recognition. So you make better. Like you're like, oh, I ate a brownie yesterday and I felt like shit. So I shouldn't do that again. But if you have low dopamine, you're like, oh, well, I could try again and maybe I won't feel bad, even though you know you did it 100 times before. So tyrosine turns into dopamine and the UV light from the sun helps catalyze breaking it apart so that it can reform into or structure into the right molecule. neurotransmitter in that case same thing with um tryptophan becomes serotonin another mood chemical tryptophan and then serotonin turns into melatonin uh in certain you know circumstances uh and it's secreted in the evening so it's like almost basically the way of thinking about it is that it's created in the morning and then it's secreted in the evening or created throughout the day and secreted in the evening um in large amounts like for example, I can I can justify this or how can I say testify to this having been in Croatia for the last month. Like when you're in the strong sun for hours, if you just lay out, you probably people remember back to like a beach day when you lay down that night in bed again if you didn't have sunglasses on and you weren't slathering up in tons of sunscreen and stuff. Typically you'll the experience is you'll lay down in bed and feel really warm and just knock right out after a day in the sun on the oh, beach. Yeah, it warms That's it tires you out. It tires you out, but that's because it's making more melatonin. It's really good. So it's like it's tuning your circadian rhythm. Like by seven, eight, nine, 
10 p.m. on a really a day when you got a ton of sun, if you did it properly, then you won't be able to stay awake. You're gonna be like, I'm out. And you'll feel really good and sleep like a baby. Whenever I go to Mexico in that tropical sun, I'm out. So basically sun's like literally, in, it's doing other things too, but it's going into our body, into, into our bloodstream. The water in our blood also absorbs this light energy, just like water in a cup can, but it's a little bit different. But that is causing, and the big one everyone knows obviously, I'm talking about less known ones is vitamin D like we need and that's primarily in our skin so when the UV light hits the skin it sulfates um, it sulfates cholesterol so we have cholesterol and then with the sunlight it can turn it into sulfated cholesterol and then that's able to turn into vitamin D3 and if we don't have sunlight UV light it doesn't work and there's studies that have a friend uh, awesome friend of mine in the UK is always sending me these dope studies that he's picking up of updated you know because he loves that stuff he's subscribed to the journals and stuff and the one study he sent me the other day is like yeah vitamin d supplements do nothing for your health like literally compared to a placebo they do nothing yeah so it's a real total waste of money there's, there's and no it could it. even be helpful. i love that you yeah. talked about uh sun is nutrition and this is like an idea that i hope a lot of people can just open up to the idea that nutrition means more than like the food you put in your body it's the sun you're getting, it's the amount of, like, I, I consider other things like human connection. There's all these different things, you know, movement. Aaron Alexander, that you, we both know, talks a lot about this, that nutrition is not only what you eat, it's what you look at, it's where you are, it's the environment, it's the light that you allow in. And it's all these different factors that kind of take into account, like we talked about to start, was the foundational aspect of the human, and then everything else becomes a little more trivial and a little easier and more like details to fill in. But if we could take care of the foundational tr nutritional necessities of like what being a human is, sleep, light, some human connection, uh, and some yeah. some movement, and, it, and then you can become really healthy. But I think you did a great job of laying the groundwork, dropping some damn science on us, Matt. You killed it. Yeah, um, I can do. I can actually drop one more thing on you that'll even help. All right, make so it for, quick, and then I'm gonna make, and then I'm gonna. I have some more questions. All right, lay them on me. But so basically, the a good way to think about this because we evolved. All complex life on Earth came from a sink, like a single-celled, complex photosynthetic bacteria in the ocean. Complex life we started as a photosynthetic bacteria in the ocean. So, basically. Um, Although we evolved to eat food, like think of food as gas going into a car, it's our fuel going into our engines, which are these mitochondria they're called. We evolved to do that so we could get more complex because you can, for example, you can eat a banana or an animal that ate a bunch of plants that were accumulating light from the sun over years and years and years, or at least one plant was accumulating it for a whole season and you get all that energy in one bite, basically. That's pretty good. Mm. So that allows us to get more complex. So of course, Sun isn't our primary and sole energy source. Food, as we've gotten more complex, has become something that allowed us to get more complex. But we never lost our dependence on sunlight to function optimally. So you can still survive without sunlight. A lot of people do, but barely. They're just surviving at the base, base level of existence because a, a good way to think of it is sunlight is the tune-up for the engine So and the oil. Sunlight is the tune-up and the oil and the spark plugs and everything else about the engine besides the gas. So sure, one of your spark plugs goes, your engine might still run, not well. You, your oil runs out, your engine might still run, not well, not for long. You're going to get a disease, which people who avoid sun inevitably get a chronic disease, whether it's anxiety, depression, obesity, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, autism in their children if they have children when they shouldn't. So it's a mess. 
So that's the whole point is like, yes, you could live with no sunlight, but not well and not for long because your engine can't go for long without oil, tune up, spark plugs working properly and so on and so on. So that's the best way to think about it. I love it. You're a, you're a machine, first of all, Matt. And I remember we talked at dinner initially at uh, El Campos <laughs> and this was like a, the exact conversation we had. And But I liked it because I literally went up, like I, I was pretty, uh, I'm like, you can tell, like I get in the sun, but after our conversation, oh, I thought about you often, and like that's the effect that you yeah. have on people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have the effect on people that you know you plant these little seeds, and it's like once you know something, you can't unknow it, and uh, which I love, and like I, I'm, I try to not ever be ignorant. So I love. Learning. <laughs> but so here's the thing, uh, I'm going to start throwing you some questions as to okay, I'm set. I'm gonna do the light diet. I'm gonna get outside more. I'm gonna optimize my machine, um, but I'm gonna give you the questions that. As I've been talking about this and trying to optimize in my own life, I've been taking the approach of if it makes sense to me intuitively, uh, I think it's better for my body. But I think a lot of the people, at least around in my life, don't have that connection to what maybe the natural body wants. So for me, like I'll stay in the sun until it feels right and then I'll leave it. And for some people, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like it's intuitive. So it's like the second I feel like, oh, this is getting a little crispy, I'm going to leave. And then maybe I'll come back later. But so I have some questions for you, and I've been telling people, like, don't do this, don't do this, and and they'll ask me why, and I'll say, because it's bad. And so I'm going to throw them to you as to, like, if I Great. was hearing this for the first time. So um, I can just verify. The mind is very powerful, and it's very easy to override our natural instincts and mm. don't in the case of sunlight exactly. because, like, yeah. I, I learned the hard way over the last few months of sometimes overriding my natural instinct to get out of the sun no bueno no, not good the body is so intelligent and i think this is like yeah. just another a way of reverting back to how we used to be we like i meditate and i'm, I'm huge on the meditative principles a lot of like mindfulness is literally just getting out of your head and into your body and feeling your body so feeling oh i feel anxious like what is that telling me so listening to the signals your body tells you what, whether it's get yeah. out of the sun or don't hang out with this person you know so but in yeah, terms of here i'm gonna take a 10 second pause and slide the uh table over to plug my computer in because yeah. i'm on all right we're sliding we're sliding and we're back so um so i see people lathering up with sunscreen and now Honestly, intuitively, I didn't. I didn't wear sunscreen beforehand, but I would sometimes wear it. But now that I see people late, lather up, so, and and the the response to why people wear sunscreen is uh, a valid reason. I don't want to get sunburned. Sunburn causes causes cancer. Uh, talk to me. You know, I want. I have a lot of these little small ones. So, uh, you know, give me the yeah, uh, the streamlined we can, version. You can do that absolutely. Talk to me about so, sunscreen, dude. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all. The studies that show or that that they claim showed that the sun causes skin cancer were never done with sunlight. They were done with ultraviolet lamps Whoa. making just ultraviolet light, which is so it's isolated, so it doesn't have the balanced spectrum, red, blue, all the signaling that's involved with all the other colors and so on. And they shined. Uh, they were xenon bulbs, which means they're very strong, and they were connected to the electric power grid, like all artificial lights are. So they had a, they have a flicker component. So they're very different from natural lights, basically from the sun, and they're isolated. And so they would shine these, and this is like in the 20s, 30s, and so on. They were shining these lights onto these animals in extremely strong amounts. Like they would clamp the animals' eyes open, oh, clamps, 
and completely blast their eyes directly with this light. And so not only was it really abusive to the animals, but they also did get cancers because of extremely toxic doses of this light from artificial sources, not even from the sun. So even a toxic dose from the sun, I would argue, is very different than a toxic dose from these isolated electric lamps that they were using. But then these animals did get cancer, and they did the same thing with the skin. They would repeatedly burn them over and over and over and over again, and so they would develop cancers. And this was sort of the foundation for the claims that UV light causes skin cancer. So uh, but, real quick, my mom grew up in Santa Monica on the beach, uh, no sunscreen. She was literally – she said she'd get burned all the time, every day almost – because they just didn't know shit, and they would just get burned and burned and burned. And she actually ended up developing melanoma, skin cancer. And so yeah. she's she's like the devil's advocate to me when I say, well, you know, like, sun's not bad. She's always telling me, lather up, lather up. And I'm like, you know what, it's not bad for me if I'm not getting, like, fried. But she would say, no, there's Max, like, I got skin cancer. Questions. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple questions that I could lay on. And again, I don't know all the answers. I won't pretend to about this. I'm actually still researching on this and getting more and more depth and breadth to the knowledge. Cool. But for example, when did she develop the skin cancer? Uh, later. So around her 40s. Late. Yeah. 40s. So what was she doing? Did she work an indoor job? Yep. Yeah, there She's you go. She's a social that's worker, yep. That's all you need to know. So they didn't. she didn't develop skin cancer when she was a kid getting fried over and over and over again. She developed it in her 40s. Now, of course, the argument that the Western medicine would make, just so people are aware, I'm not trying to make a no, cop totally, out. Totally, totally, totally. You know, the, the, what they would basically say is, is that it's these genetic mutations from the UV exposure that accumulated over time that led to the cancer later on. But the thing is that, first of all, there's lots of people who spend lots of time in the sun, for example, people in Croatia here. I haven't looked at the cancer rates, but from speaking to locals, it's not, it's not common for people to get skin cancer here. So people who stay in the sun, people who continue to get sun throughout their life, don't really get cancer. Another really interesting thing is that I was just, again, for my London talk, doing a lot of research, reviewing a study this morning that shows that Vitamin D, uh, increased levels of vitamin D3, which comes from UV light exposure, reduces the risk of every single cancer except melanoma, but it didn't increase having the risk of melanoma. So, and again, there, that's it's just one study. I would wager it's possible that there, there is an, a decrease in melanoma, but they didn't detect it. But, you know, I, again, I'm not the researcher. But so that's, that's some of the things to consider, that basically – the people who who continually get sunlight throughout their lives generally don't get skin cancer, but the ones who do are the ones who, who live an indoor lifestyle and take an indoor job. That makes sense. So, and uh, for example, I feel like you should just not get burned. Like if you're getting in the sun, like the burning obviously is like a signal to get out like we talked about. But yes. I want to also talk about the, the chemicals. For me, naturally, like the chemicals that are found in, in sunscreen just seem so sketchy. And what I did like was that you actually posted – it was almost like a, a rare – pro sunscreen you know thing where you put it on your nose and it was just like pure zinc or something and so i yeah. i like got some i saw like max lugaveri post about like a really healthy version of sunscreen and i got that one and it's like basically just zinc so uh so sunscreen has yeah. all these shitty so, things in it huh so yeah there's uh i for, it's oxybenzate i forget the exact name of the chemical uh to, to be honest at the moment but Pretty it good. is a there's lots of chemicals that they put in sunscreen uh the the main one is is escaping me and it is what happens when so the thing about key normal sunscreen that's the key between the zinc that i would use on my nose occasionally when i'm in really strong sunspots and i'm transitioning and I, for example i want to stay out and surf but i don't want to get fried um 
is that the zinc, it's called non-nano zinc oxide. Non-nano is the key, meaning it doesn't go through the pores on the skin. It doesn't get absorbed. Mm. Whereas normal sunscreen, and that's why it looks kind of funny because it stays and it's all white like the lifeguard knows. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it doesn't get absorbed. But the normal sunscreens, they do get absorbed into the skin. So all these these chemicals from the sunscreen, and again, chemicals inherently aren't bad. People use that word like chemicals, chemicals, chemicals. Like water is a bunch of chemicals. It's not just the chemicals that are bad, of course. But the ones that are in sunscreen have been shown to be basically carcinogenic. So especially when sunlight hits them, it causes them to basically uh, generate a bunch of free radicals, which are like basically toxic, you could say molecules in excess. And they're normally signaling molecules, but too much of them is toxic. So when you're slathering something on the skin and it causes the basically a generation of tons of these basically oxidative free radical chemicals that damage our cells and so on in our mitochondria, that's really bad. And that leads to increased rates of cancer for sure. So, uh, and that's much more clearly, clearly linked than UV light causing skin cancer yeah. by mutating our, our and, genes. And I like so, that it gives people the opportunity to be more mindful of what they put on their skin. Like knowing that anything that you put on your skin, I, this is something that I've just realized yes, in the last absolutely. six months, anything you put on your skin from sunscreen to lotion, to girls makeup you know that right stuff goes right in your blood and you you literally are consuming that as if it were food almost disgusting yeah it's disgusting yeah okay really so, so sunscreen uh don't get burned that's my consensus I'm don't not- get burned definitely and i get i to be honest like i said with making mistakes overriding my body i've been getting more sun some days than i needed thinking i could try an experiment uh-uh not worth it never overriding the body and what i'll do is i'll go and for example, in the sun, and I'll get in cool water, like an ice bath or a river or a lake, and then I'll get back in the sun, and it'll feel really good. But even then, after a certain number of, yeah. of reps, it's still you, your body says, I'm hot, it's too much, and I would even override that. No, it's not good, and it yeah. will not it'll hurt you a and lot. The, and I like that there's no cookie-cutter solution with this because I don't, it depends on the type of person, their type of com- complexion. Protect so I feel like you type. you have like a natural lighter complexion maybe from where yeah. your ancestor or like your you know your family's from. I naturally like I have an Armenian in me so I can get dark fast and I could but still you just have to listen to your body which I like and but I do yeah, want you have I, to be careful. I, I do want to pivot you. Talk to me about glasses pivot. first. You you did it quickly but um, talk to me about like uh, I think you said sunglasses kind of trick your brain into thinking so you talked earlier about why contacts and sunglasses are bad for like absorbing the light but also is is sunglasses basically tricking my brain into thinking it's darker out and so almost my, yes, my photoreceptors yes. in my skin are turned off so now instead of absorbing the light where you get the word photoreceptors from fucking you dude i'm telling you i'm absorbing you it's good it, Oh. Is, is that a real <laughs> it's word? It's <laughs> a very good word. That's a fantastic word. Yeah, I'm so still- instead of absorbing light, you're basically your body's like, "Oh, it's dark," and then your body doesn't know how to function with the light as it comes in and you get burned. It's a funny story. So there's a guy in Malibu, Laird Hamilton, the big wave surfer, and I had the the opportunity to go and do a little, a little workout at his pool. Um they have this like XP3 extreme performance training. Oh, yeah. He wasn't day but i was talking to his wife gabby the she's a volleyball player and, and whatnot and uh, about this light diet stuff because they're like who is this guy what's he doing here you know and i was just like yeah this is what i do and they told me that anytime and this is laird like pretty you know well-respected guy in the in the outdoor sports industry you know he, he basically you could argue founded stand-up paddle boarding this the big wave surfing of course um 
And he, anytime someone wears sunglasses, he lays it on them. He yells at them and explains to them, you know, in the, in the loving way, of course, that what happens, and this is what happens, is that the eye, like you said, it doesn't, it, it doesn't get the signal that it's fully bright out. So the skin and all the photoreceptors don't basically adjust to the amount of light that's coming in. And so in particular, the eye itself, when we get the UV signal, the eye contracts. So uh-huh. the, the pupil will, will contract. And so we'll let we'll let less light in. But if you're wearing sunglasses, it's basically blocking that UV signal. So a ton of unfiltered, bright, bright, visible light is coming in. And that too has in particularly blue frequencies, which are the second most energetic behind the, the violet and ultraviolet frequencies. And those, as we've discussed a little bit, blue light at night not only destroys our, or disrupts our circadian rhythm, but ex- excessive blue light during the day is also energetic enough to cause cataracts and eye damage and all kinds of stuff. So just by wearing sunglasses, you're creating tremendous, tremendous problems. It's like absurd how popular they are. It's really insane. But I just think it's funny. I'm so glad I barely ever wore sunglasses growing up because I was messed up enough as it was. Um, So, yeah. And then also the skin doesn't adjust properly. Yeah, you you ruined a couple things for me, Matt. One of them being sunglasses, which I'm cool with. I barely wore sunglasses before. (laughs) I'm going to drop the biggest one that I was – I remember as you told me at dinner, I was like, no, I love these things. It was the AirPods. And this this has nothing to do with the light dive, but we're going to talk about it because you were like, dude, don't wear – don't wear AirPods. Don't put your phone to your ear. Uh, and I had just gotten AirPods, and I was stoked on them. I was wearing them every day, and I have—I don't think I've worn them since. And uh, you're so, making a smart move, dude. Oh yeah, my well, gosh. Dude, and once you know it, like I feel like there's this sense to so the mind is so powerful, and so if you know something's bad for you, and you continue to do it, not only is it bad for you, but I feel like the added negative effects are your mind telling you this is bad for me and so the placebo effect works in the negative so for me so in this case yeah yeah, but for knowing like say say i'm eating a cupcake if i think this cupcake is healthy there's small ways my body's gonna almost trick itself into thinking you know this is better than it is it's not good for me but if i tell myself this is so bad what i'm putting in my body my body i feel like is going to and there's people who talk about this that there's more negative effects than when you know something totally. bad for you. So yeah, I mean, but, there's like but, Bruce Lipton, you know, Joe Dispenza, Bruce Joe Lipton, Dispenza, the guy yeah, mostly yeah. on mindset. So like, of course, I think they're very, very. They have a very strong point, like very right and accurate. Uh, like if you probably if you wore AirPods and you were like, I think these are fine. I have this strong aura of light around me because of this this belief system. You might be able to mitigate the effects for a while. But I wouldn't do. But that. it it's takes a really of, strong mindset. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even then, I wouldn't. I wouldn't count on it to be honest. Uh, not that that's not possible, because I don't want to discourage people from the power of the mind. It is very powerful. But it's kind of like it's kind of like breathing in, um, breathing in toxic chlorine gas and being like, well, if I believe that it's not bad for me, like maybe it won't kill me. And no, I'm sure no, there. No. And I just make that point to be like, once I know it's like, not only is, do I know it's bad for me, but I feel like I'm doing double trouble by trying to point. Because like, if you think about chlorine gas that they used in world war one to kill people, like when you get chlorine gas, like you're dead, you know what I mean? Like you, you need a gas mask or you're dead. You can't, you can't mindset your way out of chlorine gas. Right. Yeah. And the, is EMFs, non-native electromagnetic fields, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, cell phones, smart meters, all this stuff that we're using now to communicate. It's been, again, we could talk about that separately, why it's bad, how it affects us if you want. But the key thing is that 
it's been shown to cause biologic harm in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of peer-reviewed studies, the ones that aren't funded by the industry. Surprise, surprise. Okay, give me a brief and, synopsis as to why it is, is harming us, EMFs. EMFs are, again, for people that don't know, it's the things that Wi-Fi is emitting, your Bluetooth, your phone. It's all the unseen signals that our technology is basically sending. Yeah. So basically they cause uh, – the main thing they affect is basically calcium flows in our cells. And so they cause a tremendous amount of what's called calcium efflux. And basically, uh, to be honest, EMF is not my area of primary expertise. If you had to give me like a layman's turn, you don't even have to go into the science. Just tell me like if, oh. I, if we're at a bar, what would you tell me? Why are they harming me? All right, yeah, that's a great point. So basically I would just say the studies have shown – I couldn't tell you all the mechanisms why – that EMF increases risk of cancer. It increases rates of uh, mental disorders. It increases rates of infertility in men. Mm. So yep. somehow, basically, these not these frequencies, radio waves and microwaves that we humans have learned how to create, but were never really present on the surface of the Earth because they they're blocked out from from the atmosphere, Whoa. which is the same issue that it keeps them in. Now that we're making so many, it keeps them in mostly, so Whoa. they don't get out. So we're like sort of creating a ton of them and they're staying here a little bit, Whoa. which will affect life as it gets probably more and more common. But anyway, um, so we didn't have them in evolution. So the studies that looked at how they affect us, they, they yeah, they affect our calcium signaling, which people could just Google search. It has tons of downstream effects on all our metabolism, all kinds of processes. And it's, it's just a mess. I mean, for me, like, why don't I hold a cell phone to my head? Because there's tons of studies showing that this, this literally leads to brain cancer. Why when I wear ear pods? Same reason. Why don't I, I turn off the Wi-Fi router while I sleep? Same reason. It disrupts our cellular cycles and so on, and it leads to issues. So like all of the stuff that's good about increasing your melatonin by avoiding bright light at night or wearing blue blocking glasses, um, getting sunlight, these all boost you up. EMF is one of the things in the light diet that's it's meant to be avoided. So basically that's one of the pieces of the light diet is to avoid because it drains our battery. It basically – and again, doesn't mean you can't tolerate and withstand – maybe a decent amount of it yeah. and, and be pretty healthy. You know, like doesn't mean you can't necessarily live in like New York City even as this 5G technology comes out yeah. and maybe maintain decent health for a little while. Although I think with the jump to 5G from 4G, it's going to be – it's a really substantial increase in strength compared to like 2G to 3G, 3G to 4G. Mm -hmm. So and there's tons of stuff. We could talk about that all day too. It's cool. That's a big issue. It's cool to see it uh, becoming more known. Like for me, I, I – at least I'm trying to avoid the AirPods, and I'm now going back to like the older. It's called old school now, but they're really not old. But just the normal headphones. Uh, I don't talk on my phone to my ear, but I haven't been able to to where I live. I can't turn off the router, so I'm sleeping with the EMFs. But I I am comforted in knowing like there's more and more companies making really cool clothing that actually blocks uh, the EMF signals, which I think right now is like a super high end biohacking type of apparel. But I feel like in five years, three years even. Like I'll be able to wear, you know, boxers that can block the EMFs from like my junk, so it doesn't affect yeah. my testosterone production, and then like hats, so it doesn't, uh, you know, enter your head and all that kind of stuff. It's super interesting. Yeah, this would be really great. The smartest would be if we if we just stopped increasing the power and Which you know try to get happen. wired. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it it actually it it you'd be surprised. I think as five G comes out and more and more people become aware of this, well. The, Here's, a lot. here's my argument. I, I've been, I just talked about this last night with someone, and it's like it seems like our parents' generation will do anything that has the label of progress under it. So anything technology, like 
the older people will be like, no, this is good, this is good. And it's like our younger, you know, the younger generation is, is the first to be like, let's actually like question this before we do it. So like my dad's a perfect example. I go visiting him and uh, there's a light switch outside and he's like, I'm like, okay, let me turn off this light real fast. And he's like, okay, hold on one sec. And he, he takes five minutes to look for the app to fucking turn off his, his light outside and I'm like, why was that more efficient than just me going pressing a button? He's like, because like I, I got the app for it. It's easier. It's it's technology. It's progress. And uh, with these things yeah. like four G to five G, it's like we're finally. I feel like our generation is going to start questioning. Uh, you know, okay, this is progress in a technological sense, but is it progress in a human sense? And I feel like I I'm hopeful that. Uh, We'll slow down these things like 4G to 5G. The EMF blocking stuff will get more common. But my realist perspective is that we're not there yet. It's gonna even get. No, it's gonna get yet. more intense like, and more intense for like maybe years. ten years. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'd say three to five years. It's It'll almost be like really this counterculture of people like you and I who try to respect the human biology. You know, and it's 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 for now. It's a weird thing. And if you live in LA. Uh, or or hang out with the people that we hang out with. It's easy to feel like this is normal, but I'll go hang out with people that I haven't seen in a while, and half the shit I do is just really weird for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so interesting. It's true. I feel what you're saying there. Like my, I literally live in a different universe. Like, yeah, dude, me too. We get off the podcast. It's gonna be seven now. It's gonna be seven thirty-eight. I'm gonna go to sleep <laughs> right away, <laughs> probably. And like, dude, I started. I took the advice of the Ayurvedic doctor. He said. If you wake up early in the morning because you got your six, seven, eight hours of sleep already by 4 a.m. or whatever, 3 a.m., like wake up and don't fight it. If you're up, you're up. Don't try to go back to sleep. Then you'll feel groggy. Yesterday, I went to sleep for the first time really early because I'm experimenting with it, like 7.30, 7.45. I woke up at 2.45. Whoa. Energized. Seven hours. That's a lot of sleep. That's seven a hours. lot of sleep. Yeah, that's Dude, plenty. I meditated for an hour and a half, and I was awake. Dang, I haven't. That's nice. I was like. But I wasn't – and the thing is I've been like fighting that what, what this Ayurvedic doctor mm. had suggested to me. When you wake up and you're refreshed in the morning early, like don't fight it. That's actually natural even to be up before first light, yeah. before the light starts. It's still dark out. And, you know, yeah, of course getting your seven, eight hours of sleep is critical. But it's all about – it's most important to have the timing of the circadian rhythm and the hormones. Mm. And as the body becomes more optimized with melatonin and so on and so on, he says that people could sleep even just four hours a night and still be super healthy if you're super optimized. This I wouldn't be able to verify until I've tested it. He seems to do it and seems to crush it. But I can say for sure, like, if someone's body needs 10 hours, 12 hours, like someone's sleeping till 2, 3 in the afternoon or whatever, like a lot of people with this disruption of circadian rhythms are, that's a big issue. That means the body is not able to detox, heal efficiently. Mm -hmm. It's trying its best, but it just can't, and so it's just sleeping all day. It makes sense to me that if someone like uh, was super optimized in every aspect of their life, that they could only need four hours. But for me, I did a I did a week straight of sunrise wake ups, or I would wake up like thirty minutes before sunrise, and that was one of the best seven days I've had in a long time. Like day one, really? day one sucked. Day two was you know whatever, but like the amount of time it opened up for me just that I wasn't used to. And it, it was only a difference of a couple hours for me. Like I wake up at seven thirty normally, but I just shifted that to like five thirty. Um, and man, just the amount of time that opened up the amount of like happiness I felt from like waking up early, seeing the sun, not feeling rushed, like having a little That's more, having a little more meditation time than usual, getting into the projects I was getting into so much earlier. And then by like noon, I felt like I had lived an entire lifetime uh, and now the rest yeah. of the rest of the day felt like house money. Like I was like, Oh, now what? And then 
house money, dude. That's the best way to describe it. <laughs> but then, house money. Dude, you get a ver- <laughs> but the one thing was like I couldn't sustain it when the weekend came for whatever reason, man. Like, and it's not I don't party. We Were talked. You, to- you were going out with people or whatever. No, I, I don't. I'm not a partier, but like. I don't know. It was just, yeah, it was like just being social, even if it was family members. Like I couldn't get myself to get into bed by nine thirty, and uh, and then it became like, okay, I want to keep waking up at sunrise, but I'm 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 falling asleep around eleven. Like I'm just not. I'm getting six and a half now, five and a half. So it's yeah. It's what do you recommend really for me, man? Like I, I'm, I'm really trying to implement this. I totally, I get where you're coming from. I'm working on the same the same thing. I mean, I'm on my own traveling, so it's a lot easier to yeah. do this. Yeah. Be isolated. My routine but uh, i would say like as many nights of the week as you can try to go to sleep pretty shortly after the sun sets which sounds really insanely it's early hard, like man, yeah. 7 38 obviously it's not easy but i'm just saying what's optimal and then you can kind of like we can like totally, digress totally. from but so like getting up like going to bed shortly after sunset you know maybe if say sunsets at 7 30 in california right now something like that 7 7 38 ish go to sleep like around then a little bit later maybe so like this is flies you know because normally people talk about like a really healthy bedtime is nine but i would i would wager i would gander that even eight should be the new standard for a really healthy bedtime and then again for optimal circadian rhythm stuff again it depends on when the sun sets right if you're in california in the summer it doesn't go, doesn't get dark till 9 nine thirty. that's different you can because you have more light again if we're living in congruence with nature we'd be making more melatonin repairing even better, more efficiently, and we, I think, should be able to sleep fewer hours in the summer as we're designed and sleep more in the winter. Mm. So I would just say the best way Whoa. to handle it is, yeah, is, I mean, yeah. Keep so basically, on. just try to go to sleep as early as you can every night. Like, for me, it's like treat the time after 6 or 7 as, like, time to wind down and basically go to sleep. Whoa. For me, the best has been, yeah, I know that's not normal usually. No, it's cool, though become a day owl is like to optimize the circadian rhythm. This is the way like after six or seven, definitely no work. Forget no about it. No food for sure. I mean, I eat my, this is actually great advice. Uh, I very glad you mentioned that actually, cause I might've forgotten. It is ideal to not eat anything after five ever because, because then you're, you're, you want to even ideally be four hours from when you go to sleep. So like for me going to sleep around eight now, just te- as part of a test, you know, normally it's more like nine, but not between nine and 10, but I'm feeling better do- going to sleep at eight. Like literally I went to sleep one hour earlier and I ended up waking up three hours earlier than I normally do. Mm. Even more three to six. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, and that was just from not having any artificial light at night, going to sleep right away. And I'm in a pretty nice spot where I am, where I just moved to super quiet. Um, yeah. Super quiet. Yeah. I mean, I can't even hear anything, but basically, um, so yeah, Go to sleep as early as you can on a regular basis, and I would say that in the beginning, if you're trying to set your circadian rhythm, using an alarm, a really soothing alarm, mind you, is is a good idea. But like I made another mistake in addition to uh, how can I say being uh, not listening to my body about the sun for the last year or so, six months at least. No, year or six months, even more maybe. I've been using an alarm to force a wake up at sunrise rather than just going to sleep earlier. And that has caused a tremendous amount of days where I definitely didn't feel fully rested just because I was trying to shoot for this ideal of getting up for sunrise. But I guess the key is like it is – I can't give a a fully solid answer yet. Uh, One of my mentors, Dr. Cruz, who taught me a lot of this stuff, he he basically says get up at sunrise every day. It is absolutely critical. But what that means to me is go to sleep every night 
before shortly after the sun sets that's the absolutely critical part because to me that's the only way to get up naturally for sunrise you know you go to bed at eight you're gonna wake up once you get into at least a routine you're gonna not sleep in you can't sleep from eight to eight it's just not gonna happen i really love that like trying to go to bed early and and just trusting that if i go to bed at super early i'm gonna wake up super early and not needing to force that alarm for me i had a yeah I'm, and i had a the sleep doctor i had a sleep doctor yeah soft alarm i had a sleep doctor and he he was even saying like over and over he said sleep time is more important than wake up time that's so like going to bed at around the same time within an hour of each other every day is so important for circadian reset and he said that's the most. He said that's the most 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 important things that if you can consolidate your sleep schedule and try to go to bed at the same time every night, depending no matter when you wake up, it's gonna kind of consolidate your sleep and it's gonna make actually sleep more efficient. You're gonna need less yeah. hours over time, and so there's all these compounding effects, which is really cool. But not eating after like five is critical. So I would say not eating after five, and let me just give you a more general prescription rather than all this vagueness. Not eating after five, and then going to sleep between nine and ten. Definitely, uh, again, this is from the Ayurvedic doctor who I'm starting to really take a lot of his, because he's an expert. He's trained under one of some of the highest masters in the Ayurvedic world. So I'm very glad to be able to learn from him and see maybe test it myself, see maybe this lines up with the light diet. Sure enough, it really lines up really interestingly. Ayurveda with is super wise. Showing. Yeah. Super wise. But so their tradition, and I think, again, lots of time, lots 5,000 years or so testing on this, don't ever rarely go to sleep, I should say, after 10 p.m., maximum two nights per week if you're healthy if you're not healthy then really consider getting to sleep every night before 10 p.m even before nine is what i'm finding to be more ideal so but again if you're healthy you're doing pretty well you know you're so, in a group it's so hard for people and for mine included dude i work for myself i know you do too so it's like for me uh i work for, if, if i'm not around people uh, a lot of the time i have to make my schedule to get my human connection and you know like i said this is one of the foundations for me in being a ha- happy and healthy human it's movement it's diet it's sleep uh and it's human connection so for me a lot of that human connection sometimes doesn't come until seven or eight and uh even you know so it's it's a it's a difficult process and i'm thinking of people and i'm thinking of students you know listening to this college students our recent grads and so many people it's like our culture is around this, you know. Let's and meet up. At, let's meet up at eight. Yeah, why are the why are the heart disease rates? Like one in two people are going to have heart disease, cancer, diabetes, obesity. Like, I mean, it's no, sad. Totally, it's totally. true. Yeah, it is true. So, like, I, I I totally agree with you. Like, yeah. dude, I and I've been someone who's been on my own for the last two years, traveling, running my business. Like, sure, I've met lots of great people, connected with people like you, but I haven't even been in a solid base getting that connection, and I can tell. From experience, it is it is really important. Like it's life is more enjoyable, at least to me, yeah. generally being, being around good people. Well, now, we, if, we talk about I chemicals. Know. You make eye contact and you have touch. You get that oxytocin, and there's there's things to that. There's like you, your body's like, oh, okay, I'm safe. Oh, I'm safe. I'm safe. It's it's a part of this like tribal nature that when we're around people, uh, and I only am su- super aware of this because like you, I can be on my own for a couple of days at a time, you know, working on projects or just doing my own thing, traveling around. So. It's easy for me not to get it, so I, I feel like I know the importance of, and it's. I like to hit on this anytime it comes up because I feel like so many people that are dealing with things like anxiety and depression, um, it can be dealt with in the sense of 
question how much you're putting yourself in front of real, real people. And you'll, you'll feel, yeah. you'll either have to fake it and act like you're feeling better and you might trick yourself into feeling better or you'll just start feeling better. But that's just a tangent, but I love hitting on that well, point. No, it's, I feel, not, it's not because like, yeah. that's a huge part of the light diet is also like cultivating your inner light, mm. which involves, you know, reading good I books, spending time with people doing, cause like think about, I mean, honestly, it works really well too. It kind of fits with Qigong. Qigong is literally like energy work where you literally cultivate your inner, inner light through, through cons, um, conscious intention you're cultivating your energy inside of you your chi again it's it's electromagnetic energy it, it it ultimately comes from light energy and so qigong meditation uh reading good books like you're literally i mean the analogy we started with this with was great because literally the difference between a living body and a dead body is one has light in it one doesn't it's even been shown that when we die our cells leak light and this goes really nicely along with this is why i also love for example the bible and christianity sure there's you know, I, I'm not very as knowledgeable as I could be, but um, there are certain things that, that they hit the nail absolutely on the head. And, and like, for example, when we die, there's something that leaves our body and whether it gets connected to the rest of the universe goes to heaven, that's up for discussion and, and opinion. But there is light in our cells and it's been measured in I've read textbooks, studies that measured this, that our cells leak extreme low frequency ultraviolet light for 18 hours after we die. That's why I use that analogy. So there's actually a loss of light. And when our cells are stressed, also within our life, we're, we also leak light. We're less efficient. So basically the measure of how well we function in some at some level or how alive we are is how well we can assimilate light and how well we can keep it. And if we're stressed, we're sick, our cells are leaking a lot more light than they should be and then when we're dead we're leaking all we're, we lose our ability to hold our light we lose all of it but again you have this light in you that makes up who we are like this is a great a great way to think about it if you have a dead body for example you have let's say, say someone named john is is dead on the floor you never would say you never rarely would someone point to the body and say john now you would say that's you would say that's john's body for example like if you if you had a you wouldn't say my friend john is laying there you know say john's body but John isn't there anymore. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't pick it up and be Not like, sure. John, John, John. Exactly. But it's something we don't really think about. But like there's a reason behind it. Like the person that was that life is no longer there. Like the light, the, what made up that person we would call our friend John is no longer there anymore. And yeah. John, the light, the light that makes up who John was, his character, his energy, his love, literally the light you would feel when you look him in the eye, when you touch him, when you hug him, that's gone in the universe now. It's, it's, it's spread out. I like so, I have a couple psychological friends that call it the meat suit. We're in our human meat suit and uh, and we're not the meat suit. We are just inhabiting the meat suit like it's our car. Exactly. We're, we're the driver of the car and I love that the light diet not only claims or not it, it helps the actual meat suit itself function so that you can have the best human experience but it also yes. addresses the inner light and it addresses not only the car it addresses the driver. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. We can but it's it really is important. I I I'm finding so so yeah, I mean this is this is really important. And so as far as it relates to our, you know, trying to get into a healthy sleep rhythm, like again, best rule of thumb, don't eat after five, go to sleep before ten. And if you're healthy, if you're going to sleep before ten, you get eight hours will bring you up to six. If you're going to sleep at nine, eight hours will bring you up to five AM. That's pretty early. But if you find that you're needing to sleep more and more and more beyond five, then you know you may have an issue and you probably wanna maybe start getting more sun or eating more. For example, we didn't talk about other things on the light diet, like 
eating seafood, particularly shellfish, because not only is it super nutrient-dense, oysters, mussels, clams, but they're loaded in omega-3s, which basically allow us to uh, assimilate light through our eyes and our skin better. And also, this omega-3 in these seafoods, it's called DHA, the most effective one, which, by the way, can't be supplemented just like vitamin D can't be supplemented uh, for the real effect. Um, it has to come from the, the seafood source. We use it to make myelin, which is the sheathing around our nerves that allow our nerves to conduct electricity. So the best evidence and theories on why humans evolved from apes isn't because isn't that um, that we started eating more organ meats and so we devol- we evolved you know this complex brain because of organ meats because lots of lions eat lots of organ meats, for example. Lots of animals eat organ meats. They're not developing the human brain. But the most cohesive theory is that humans, we're isolated to a coastal region, and also that explains a lot of why the bones are no longer present there. The archaeologic record isn't present because when you're by the coast, salt dissolves bones, so the bones mostly have been dissolved. Again, if if one prescribes to these theories, um, but if one does, then yeah, seafood consumption ties very tightly to the evo- evolution of the human brain, and so our brain has so much more of this omega-3 fatty acid from seafood and shellfish than any other animal besides like, for example, dolphins who eat fish all day long. Um, it's their whole diet, it's all they can eat. So Those are some that, smart and, bitches, dolphins are smart. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and they have lots of DHA in their brains and humans do too, and so that's what makes us different from all other mammals is that yeah. we basically weren't, veg- we weren't meditarian, carnivore, we were pescatarian, aquatarian, solaritarian animals, yeah. and that's where humans evolved from. So I wanna so wrap this up soon, Matt, so, uh, so absolutely. Easy prescriptions. Give me the you just did it, but give me another summary without any explanations. What do I do now? Okay, watch the sunrise every day, to the best of your ability. Going to sleep early. Don't eat late. Um, live outdoors during the day. Keep your windows open in your car. Keep your windows open in your house, and let natural light hit your eye constantly throughout the day, even if you're not in direct sunlight. Let the let the light hit your eye, even if it's not direct. Uh, open up. Open. Let the light in. Take your sunglasses off. Take your contacts out and get normal glasses and put the glasses up, especially in the morning when you're watching the sunrise. Only wear them when you need to see. Um, drink, Don't drink municipal city water because it lo- reduces your cells, the water in your cells' ability to store and hold the light. So drink either good quality bottled water. You know, If you can get it in glass, that's best for obvious reasons, plastic and so on and so on. Return them, recycle them, uh, or go get spring water. But good quality bottled water is great, spring water. Uh, from like the Pacific Northeast, if you're in LA, that's the best. Oregon, Washington water, it's epic. Uh, even further north, Canada, glacial water, epic. Um, then eat a ton of seafood, but but lower down on the chain, not necessarily higher up like tuna, swordfish, uh, that because it's higher in mercury and stuff. That's if you're not very healthy, you won't be able to detox. I've even created that issue for myself. So there you go. Um, then avoid non-native electromagnetic fields. So like Bluetooth, turn your Wi-Fi off. Don't wear AirPods, hardwire, get an Ethernet cable to plug your computer into your Wi-Fi so you don't have to have your computer transmitting. Phone on airplane mode when it's in your pocket. Turn your computer on um, you know, Wi-Fi off, Bluetooth off, Wi-Fi off on your phone when you're not using them. Off, off in the settings, not just so they go gray on the, on the thing. So mm. reducing your exposure. And most importantly, go camping. Get out of a big city if you live in a big city, uh, at least when you can. And ideally consider moving long-term, raising your family and kids in a place that's healthier and safer. Two more. Um, take, start taking, actually three, take ice baths. 
So the benefit of cold exposure gets the mitochondria kick-started, charging, producing lots of energy and infrared light, this heat. Look up Wim Hof, the Iceman, and what he does. Super huge hack. And that alone has helped people to reverse certain diseases and so on. So really important. Not only gets your brain functioning better, starts your day well, but it helps to charge and can be a part of a healing process. Combined with sunlight, super effective. Cold to sun, that's the best hack for for me to heal. Cold, then sun, cold, then sun. Unbelievable combination. So then uh, especially go to a resort in Mexico, one that has an ice bath. Usually they have spas with cold plunges. Do that, then go in the sun. You'll be crushing it. So two more. Uh, One at night. Like right now, I have my screen is completely red. It's getting dark outside. I'm gonna, I would slip my blue blockers on, but it's not quite dark enough out yet. But pick up a pair of raw optics blue blockers, the most attractive and functional on the market. I sell these just to disclaim, but um, really, really great product. There's other products you can buy, ours just happen to be the best combination of style and function. Um, so wear these after the sun goes down. And if you have an indoor desk job, you might want to get a pair of day lenses to wear those throughout the day to reduce the risk of being just under that bright artificial lighting unbalanced frequencies all day long also. Uh, Then darkness, go to sleep early, don't eat your meals late. And the final thing, like we discussed, cultivate your inner light. I mean, this is different for everyone. For me, I like reading books. I like meeting cool people. I like traveling. I like eating good food. Um, But Qigong, you know, some practice like this, meditation, you talk about this stuff a lot. It's huge. So that's, that's the prescription. That's the light diet, as I call it. And Maybe I'll have a book at some point down the road, but I'll have some uh, resources that Max can share. Man, so. man, you are a beast. You are a beast. Uh, hey, this has been an dude. amazing talk. I, we'll have to do it again sometime. Um, you're the youngest guest. You're the first person. I'm only 24, so, but you're the youngest person that's ever been on the podcast. Younger than me. I'm sure you get that all the time. Um, <laughs> how old are you? And then 20. Uh, you're 20 now. Okay, you turned 20. Dope. Happy yeah. birthday, whatever it was. Hey. Yeah, I'll <laughs> and, and so... Um, my usually my last question is for my older guests, you know, the old peeps to be like, Hey, what's uh, what's a piece of advice you'd give yourself at age 24, which I love. And you really get people out of their, their heads. I'm going to, I'm going to flip that on you, man. So you, uh, you're, you're really grounded. You're really, you, you're, I like that you have a spiritual side to you. You're connected. You're cultivating your, you're cultivating your inner light, but I want to switch it and not like advice to your past 24 year old self. But if you were to look ahead four years in your life and you would give yourself advice, like, making sure you're not straying off the path, whether it's spiritual or physical or mental, what's a piece of a piece of like encouragement, I'll say, that you would want to remind yourself in four years' times uh, had you forgotten the things that you've learned? Yeah, I think I would just say remember what it's like to have fun. That's all. Just remember what it's like to have fun because if you forget what it's like to have fun, which I have many, many times in the last times traveling on my own, dude, it just becomes like – life feels more like a bird it can feel much more like a burden than a gift and that's just not a sensible place to spend time i love that so. brother i'm gonna send you this in four years and remind yourself that dude it's it hits so, it hits hard because when you try to build your own thing and you try to create your own life and try to work for yourself it's like you're doing so many things for the right reasons but it's easy to overdo it and and forget the reason why you're doing it and actually embody that oh. so man i love yep. that you said that it's a great reminder for me and uh this yeah, was a dope talk that. dude yeah, I mean, I would say also back to my 18-year-old self two years ago, I would have, I would say it's good that you're doing what you're doing, but if I could change – I wouldn't change anything, but I would say prioritizing getting all my health completely optimized before going and traveling the world and trying to build a business, that would be a smart move. Like get the health straight first because 
For example, they say the man with his health can have a thousand wishes, but the man without his health can only have one. Mm. So because you, all you can want is your health if you don't have it pretty much. You can't, it's, it's hard to want anything else if you don't feel well. And so that's his best advice, I think. That's the best advice, man. All right, wrapping it up. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, dude. Looking forward to the next one. Thanks for listening, everybody. Just a few more things before you go. If you like the podcast, please leave me a review on the Apple iTunes app. And if you really like the podcast, take a screenshot and share it to Instagram. That helps me grow the podcast organically, and that really helps me just be able to say hey, say thank you, uh, and, and just show some gratitude to you personally for supporting the podcast. If you're interested in starting a podcast of your own, I get so many questions about how do I start a podcast? Um, it's really crazy. It blows my mind how many of you guys are starting your own podcast. Uh, so I put together some resource materials. Feel free to reach out to me on Instagram if you're interested in getting those materials and starting your own podcast. Uh, I finally just put something together for you guys for all the people asking. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. So many good stuff. So many good stuff. So many good things coming. Uh, and I appreciate and love you guys. Peace.